Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything movies, TV, comics, and entertainment. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome to a special edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What's happening, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us on this special occasion. My name is Ken M, and not in studio is the one and only Padawan J, because we have a guest in studio for such a monumental event. You know him. He's family of the show. I would try doing an introduction, but obviously he's got this down pat. Coming at you live and direct, straight from a folding chair in the ODPH studio, tis I, Tom, from Off the Cuff. That is right, ladies and gentlemen, Off the Cuff Gaming, Tom is here, bringing the more phenomenal knowledge to you, talking about the Power Rangers once and always 30th anniversary special. Ken M., thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming back on the show. You know you're always welcome to swing through. And Tom is correct. 30 years of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers has just been celebrated on Netflix with a brand new show entitled Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Once and Always. So this has been something that the fandom has been talking about for quite some time. Do you want to elaborate a little bit about the excitement and buzz going on with the show? So the buzz that was going about it has been been palpable. Uh, about two years ago, we were starting to amp up for a 30th anniversary, realizing that it was going to happen. In doing such, uh, you know, people are saying, oh, well, is this guy going to be here? Is that guy going to be there? We did hear that David Yost originally was going to have some sort of special with Netflix. And, you know, at the same time, we also know, you know, Jason, the late Jason David Frank was also having a project going on. We now know that was The Legend of the White Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently those two, diff- to those two different uh, not projects. Persons, projects, no one knew about the other. So oh, it, interesting. Yeah, that was weird. But that's that's all in the ether as it is now. Um, but yeah, it's fantastic. Once we knew, once we got confirmation that we were going to get a special like this, it was just all a buzz. The, the, you know, the Ranger fandom was just crazy with it. The, at the same time, you know, we were skeptical, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've had missteps in the past. The, we've had the 10 year anniversary with forever red, which a lot of people still love to this day. We had once a Ranger, always a Ranger, the 15th anniversary during operation overdrive, which was a little hit and miss, but to Disney's credit, because they owned it at the time, they did well enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we had the whole debacle with Megaforce and Super Megaforce as that went, as they were trying to push the big, huge, you know, anniversary. And then we had the Beast Morphers uh, when Jason came back with a whole bunch of other uh, casts from all across the Rangerverse, and that was that was good too. Mm-hmm. Um, it, as a whole, it was good, and there was a lot riding on this, and I think it was smart by Hasbro to go back to its roots and celebrate Mighty Morphin, because if it wasn't for Mighty Morphin, we wouldn't have the show as a whole or the franchise. No, I fully agree. I mean, it's crazy to think it's been 30 years of the Power Rangers, mm-hmm. but to capture the essence of when it debuted in the 90s has truly been something special, because it's really transcended pop culture. And to still have this rabid fan base that still follows it and where it's gone now, I mean, we talk about the comic books all the time on ODPH, then that's just a small part of things, not counting the toys and counting, you know, the other projects that are surrounding it. The fact that it's been 30 years and the energy is still surrounding it Mm -hmm. and there's still that reaction when you catch these shows and then to hear about these projects coming out, it's truly remarkable to see in this day and age because you don't see a lot of this happen anymore. No, uh, matter of fact, if I'm correct, and you know, don't quote me on this, but put a, maybe a little semi quote or an asterisk on here. Mm-hmm. Power Rangers, I believe, is the lar- longest running action TV kids TV show on ever. Yeah, I, I think it is. Like mm-hmm. I, I lose track yeah. to be honest with I you. I think the only one after that is Doctor Who, which is originally came out as a children's show. Yes, and it evolved into an adult show. Yeah, I don't. But nobody's touching Doctor Who. Right. That's 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 a whole different podcast for another time. Yeah. Who knows? Yes. 
who knows indeed love how you did that but what we're going to do is we are going to obviously pay some homage to the show and give you our thoughts on this so if you're new to the odph first and foremost thank you for checking us out we do appreciate it you can find all our information at odphpodcast.com and especially drop a five-star review on your favorite podcast player it does help the algorithm what we like to do is give a spoiler free statement about what we're talking about so tom and i will give our quick thoughts about this and not ruin anything for you but if you haven't seen mighty Morphin power rangers once and always on netflix fear not We'll put the timestamp in the note when we start getting into the countdown so we don't spoil anything for you. But after that countdown is done, all bets are off. We deep dive into the mythos of the Power Rangers. We're not holding anything back, so you have been fair warned. So that said, Tom, give me your spoiler-free statement about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and always. This was a love letter to the fandom as a whole. This was a an extended episode of a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers episode on Netflix. You had the same feel and vibe as you would 30 years ago, only with a bigger budget. Mm-hmm. It really made it was a hug. It really was a big spandex clad hug. Walter Jones as Zach, Stephen Cardenas as Rocky, Catherine Sutherland as Kat, Karen Ashley as Aisha, Johnny Bosch as Adam, David Yost as Billy, and Richard Horowitz as Alpha 9. Plus introducing Charlie Kirsch as Min. This is the cast that comprised of the nostalgia of the 90s and giving it that retro feel that when you watch this show, you still have those emotions you did way back when. This didn't really invent the, reinvent the wheel. It just followed along the guy that has been there the entire time. The one thing, though, that I was kind of surprised is they didn't try modernizing it. They didn't have anything that really stood out as far as CGI. And I know we'll get into that a little deeper as we go. But this really kept it very basic. This really captured those moments that you became a fan of this franchise. And it didn't stray too much away from anything unexpected. This was pretty much straightforward as it needed to be. And it still connects with fans on that level. And especially once you get to the ending of the show, you're going to get hit in all the emotions. Mm -hmm. There's no question about that. But in an overall sense, this show is definitely worth the time of 55 minutes. It could have gone longer, but in all honesty, they hit all the points they needed to, and they dipped right out. Well, speaking of going longer, it actually took me 70 minutes to watch the episode. Yes, I did time it because there were so many things that I got caught up in Mm -hmm. that I needed to take a minute think about it, look for a reference somewhere. Not that I was looking it up online, but going through my Rolodex or Rangerdom and finding what it was and just going through it. Like, oh my God, they did this. They did that. Wow, they actually took the time to do this. You referenced that thing from that one episode of that time. Like the writers and the directors all come from Power Rangers alumni. Um, what's great about it is that they rec- they themselves are us. Mm-hmm. They're they're just living out their childhood you know dreams, like uh, our friend Ryan and Misty do over on, in the comic books. Yeah, you know they're just their sandbox though is with cameras. Yeah, and it it definitely reflects, and especially when you get so much of the original cast back involved, like you know Horvitz is voicing Alpha Nine, and then David Yost and Walter Jones back. It really kind of just ties everything all together too. Mm-hmm. Like you have this. 30-year celebration, and yet it doesn't evolve. It just stays the same. And you know what? If it's not broken, why fix it? Exactly. We we did get, you know, the fact that, you know, Billy and Zach did never, didn't stay teenagers, that things had happened. Mm-hmm. Zach became a, you know, a congressman. Yes. Billy went and opened his own tech company. You know, these are things that you do as you grow into adulthood. Yes. And, and that was the smart part. Yes, it was. And that said... The show really has a lot going on with it, so we got to definitely dive into that spoiler talk. So you have been fair warned. In three, two, one. It's Morphin Time! Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, this has been an amazing, amazing thing for everybody all, all around the world, especially with the fact that we, first off, got a worldwide release Yes, all at the same time. You know, it was announced at Power Morphicon 2022 that... Everything from now on for Power Rangers is going to be exclusively on Netflix, and it's all going to be worldwide release on the same day. So no more spoilers. No more like we did with Dino Fury, seeing that it came out in Australia three months ahead, and we already knew what was going to happen. It, it, 
it was great. We had, there were watch parties, there were Twitch streams, there was TikToks, there was everything going on live. People, you know, saying, hey man, I'm taking my nap at eight o'clock so I can get up at 3 a.m. It, it was, you could feel the grid and how joyous everybody was. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I think the, the buzz that came from this, and especially too, you didn't have to be so deep in the pop culture or the culture of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fandom to really appreciate this. Absolutely. Like this really caught on with casual fans. And that's something that I was going to hang out up on ODPH social media about. Like fans were like, yo, do you, are you guys really t- excited about this? I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't you be? Because what they've done is they really created a buzz behind this. Mm-hmm. And there obviously it was a lot going on with the show and leading into it that fans were excited to see what was going to happen. And then once we get to the product, it didn't falter. It was what it was. Exactly. And you know what? I I know there's a lot of online criticism about that. Like, well, the CGI, this, the, you know, it should have done something different. Really, if it went into a different direction, would it have been Power Rangers? It wouldn't have been Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Right. And that's what we were going for. We wanted Mighty Morphin first and foremost. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to do all the CGI, say, of jungle fury or you know the really hard heavy mechanical mechanical aspects you might have seen in overdrive or even you know lightspeed rescue we got a mighty morphin power rangers episode again extended bigger heavier story it like you said it just hit all the points it's it's damn near perfect i mean i gave it a hundred percent on when i reviewed it but it's really a 99.99999 little nitpicky stuff and that's only if you're a fan like me. Yeah. The casual fan, the guy who hasn't watched Power Rangers since Mighty Morphin went off, or even since Tommy turned into the White Ranger, you know, they can walk right back in and go, oh, hey. They might go, well, who's the Pink Ranger and who's the Red Ranger? But, nah, man. It did what it needed to do, and it did it well. I agree. I really think that this set a great pace, and especially kicking off with the introduction of it, we have Billy getting attacked by a robotic Rita Repulsa. Mm-hmm. Longtime villain of the Power Rangers, even though if you have not been checking out the Boom Studios version out right now by Melissa Flores and Simona Gianfelice. Holy smokes. Oh, my goodness. Mommy Mistress Vile. Mm. Yes. <laughs> All we got to say is, like, what they're doing on Boom Studios right now involving Rita is nothing short of just an amazing introduction run. And it's crazy to think that that's the intro run. Yep. So definitely had to plug that. I'm sorry. But getting to the show, we did have a robotic Rita Repulsa with the usual gang of putties that she rolls into Angel Grove with. And we get a traditional battle. Yep. That nothing really seemed too out of the ordinary. We have the other Power Rangers jumping in after Billy transforms into the Blue Ranger. So at this point, we have Jason, Kimberly, Zach, Trini, and Tommy. So we have the traditional Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers lineup. I need to stress that. The original six. Yes, the original six doing what they do. And so we see the traditional fighting battle. I mean, this this was just popcorn nostalgia. What's even better about it is that they use sound clips because some of these actors weren't available. Obviously, uh, Tui Trang, who passed away. Mm-hmm. You know, this is going to be referenced several times in this episode. Um, she passed away in real life, so they used sound clips to put her in. Same with Kimberly and Jason, who didn't come back for the special. They really pulled them out and cleaned them up, and you wouldn't have known that they weren't in the suits. Yeah, had you not known what was going on behind the scenes, this would have completely been a normal episode. And same goes for Tommy, excuse yes. me, because, I mean, you gotta, you need to get a... Yeah. Obviously, it just was so throwback, retro great like this this would just capture that moment Mm -hmm. but then they are going in the battle and robot rita i guess that's what we're going to call robo rita robo rita gets the dark magic going and summons this red power through her staff and gnarly red like we've never really seen Rita throw a bolt like that before no i i haven't seen that like honestly i thought they were borrowing from Boom Studios run mm-hmm. right now. Like I was like, this is something Mistress Vile would do. So you see this blast coming right at Billy, and then Trini jumps in front of it, taking the full brunt of the blast, and is disintegrated. Like, Tom, how is your emotions when seeing this? This was, one, it's the first time that they've ever really killed a Ranger in franchise at all. We've had, you know, 
Kendricks quote unquote die in Lost Galaxy, but they worked around that with good writing. And that was, again, stuff going on behind the scenes. But to kill Trini and use that as the plot point for this was smart. Mm -hmm. it, it really was smart. Um, it was a lot. We knew it was we, we knew it was coming. Yeah, you know, they had to do it somehow. But to, you know, rip the Band-Aid off in the first few minutes just like that. Yeah, I was maybe expecting, oh, hey, how you doing, guys? Blah, 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 blah. No, boom, boom. Yeah. That was it. No, they they addressed that very tastefully, mm -hmm. and it played right into the story. And obviously, Rita is, di disappears yep. after this happens. So the Rangers are now dealing with the loss of the Yellow Ranger Trini. So they do fast forward a little bit, I would say, because they, they didn't officially say a time jump. Well, they did, as a matter of fact. So after they got, after they did the pulled away from the cliff scene, Billy and Zach, the two original Rangers that were mm -hmm. able for the for the episode, went to Trini's house to try and explain to their daughter, to her, to Trini's daughter, "Hey, your mom's dead." By the way, she was a Power Ranger, and that was a great scene to see real, true emotion of anger, of love between Billy and Zach. Like, how do we do this? We're breaking Zordon's rules. Zordon ain't around. So to stop yeah, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was kind know? of interesting. And to see, you know, uh, Charlie's character as Min come in and just drop books, mm. like, huh? And then we get the one year later. Yeah, I was actually really surprised we didn't see Zordon in this. Well, there's a reason. The Z Wave. Oh, that's right. Yep. Forgot about that. Mm -hmm. That's why you have me around. Yeah, see, this is why I say when we talk Power Rangers, I bring Tom on because Tom is the encyclopedia. There's nobody that knows more about Power Rangers than him, arguably. Arguably. In the Twin Tears. Yes. <laughs> in the in the 607 Podcast family. But like I say, you have all these ranges of emotions, and this really plays into this, and it really drives that point home about just how emotional that scene was. And it goes and it reflects into like when they do that time jump because a year later – we come back, and Zach is now the legal guardian of Min. Correct. So he gave he gave up his whole job, his whole thing. Like I said, of being a congressman, mm -hmm. he was a U.S. congressman to give up to become a foster father. Yeah. So it's a very emotional time here, as we see, because they go one year later and they go back to visit Trini's grave, and then the shock that I thought is Rita shows up at the grave. It's it's perfect. It's like, well, I knew, I knew you guys were going to do this. Yeah, you know? just like insulting the Rangers. Exactly. It was pouring salt in the wound, and the salt was a whole truck of it. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, I sat there. I was like, you got to be kidding me mm -hmm. that they're doing this. But they really want to establish just how disrespectful Rita was and, you know, just how much of an evil villain that she truly is, even in a robotic form, mm -hmm. as we see. But she does, does not come alone. She brings two creatures with her. Uh, her noteworthy monsters. Yes, revamps of them as we got Robo Rita, and we now have a roboticized, because we didn't get official names for them, but they are a Robo Snizzard and a Robo Minotaur. These are two very classic, very familiar uh, creatures. As a matter of fact, they've already been done in the... Minotaur's coming out soon for the Lightning Collection in the next wave of the Villains line. Snizzard's already been done. Because they're, uh, you know, Hasbro's doing such a great job making sure to do the Monsters of the Week really well. So when you're doing something like this, you want to get that really recognizable one. You know, if I picked, say, no, oh, that one's a toy, too. How about, nope, that one's a toy, too. You get the idea. Yeah. You know, Mighty Morphin villains are, are so recognizable, so you really have to pull from the big, big presence characters. So having these robo versions of them really just leans into the... We're here. We're here to mess things up. Yeah, and they make a, a very noteworthy impact because Snizzard winds up taking Kimberly, Tommy, and Jason prisoner mm -hmm. and does the cool thing with the snake bite to weaken them and, and then shrinks them down to size. Exactly. Like, it's just such a, a, a Power Rangers move, I mm -hmm. should say. Like, this is something that just plays right in that wheelhouse. It does, and it's also smart writing because Amy Jo Johnson, uh, Austin St. John, and obviously, for certain reasons, Jason David Frank were not able to make the filming for this. Right. You know, so writing around them being not being able there is perfect sense. And that's why, you know, certain people come and join in to pad out the team. Mm -hmm. Because once this happens, 
you see that Billy leads Min and Zach retreating in a certain automobile. Mm-hmm. Very famous one. Again, if if you're that deep into the lore, it is the Radbug 2. Yes. So they wind up making a quick escape out of there, and Robot Rita is now taking everybody away to her hidden location. Hidden location, my ass. So she's back on the palace <laughs> in the moon. I know. I was waiting for you to save that. Because, obviously, just playing right into the lore. Like, so it's very predictable what's going on, but it's nothing that I'm upset about because this is Power Rangers 101. Mm -hmm. So while Billy has to lead into a retreat, uh, obviously there's a lot of anger going on with Min. And, obviously, knowing what Robot Rita did to her mom, she has a lot of anger and takes it out on Billy and really vents that. And I thought it was a very strong scene in this, too for seeing them go back and forth about this because Billy does feel a lot of guilt for what happened. Because it was Billy's fault. Yes. And to see that was is so big. We get a flashback to, you know, a little more than a year prior where we find out where Robo Rita, Robo, you got me saying now, <laughs> Robo Rita came from. Uh, Billy is still trying to find Zordon's particles after the Z-Wave. And for those of you who don't know, the Z-Wave was established at the end of power rangers in space you know everything leading up in what's called the zordon era which was mighty morphin turbo uh and zeo and power rangers in space that was zordon got captured by uh astronema uh, you know princess of darkness and the only way to save zordon from dark specter's uh control was that andrus the red ranger of the space team broke zordon's tube and zordon's power was let out across the entire universe Hmm. and with that that's how all the villains lost their powers lost their ability um you can see you know rita turned back to a normal human zed turned back into a normal human not eltarian that's all comic books folks okay i was gonna say wait a sec yeah that's my lore in case anybody doesn't know exactly he turned back into a human uh you know divatox started looking more like her twin sister which we really haven't talked about in a long time but that's a whole different thing yeah that's a whole different ball of wax but again that was the idea of the z-wave so billy's trying to pull apart all the pull suck in all this you know cosmic vacuum all these little tiny bit of z particles and instead of pulling zordon out they pull rita out and obviously that's a little bit more messy than they realized Mm -hmm. to say the least but this is why billy is responsible for everything that goes wrong in this power rangers universe this is what establishes Robo Rita because the essence of Rita Repulsa came out of Zordon's tube, cracking and shattering the tube and taking over Alpha 8. With all the evil and all the darkness using that robotic form, this is how we get Robo Rita. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, now we go back to the present day when we get back to the command center. Yes, which is underneath Billy's tech headquarters. Mm-hmm, which is an homage to the original power chamber. Yeah. Love seeing this. Like the, like I say, there's so many Easter eggs for longtime fans. And like I say, you don't have to be that well-versed in the Power Rangers to really appreciate this, but there are certain moments you're going to see, and you're like, I remember this. I haven't seen this forever. Like, that's where I was coming from mm-hmm. with this. So now we sit here, and we run into, obviously, Alpha 8's successor, Alpha 9, and he winds up initiating something to get some help. The Bandora Protocol. Yes, the Bandora Protocol was a fantastic nod to the Super Sentai fans, to the old school fans. And for those of us who couldn't really see it on TV back in 93 when it was kind of fuzzy on our TVs, uh, they used the stock footage, which obviously we know now. Mm. Uh, in uh, Jew Ranger, Bandora is uh, the Super Sentai counterpart to what we know as Rita Repulsa. You couldn't see it very well. It was the neon sign over what would have been the balcony. So that's why they instituted the Bandora Protocol. It was a really good nod. Oh, absolutely. And the call is answered by some familiar faces. Yep. We do. the call goes out to a lot of places, though. Yes. So as you see that scrolling, you're going to see references to Reefside, to Turtle Cove. These are all Power Rangers seasons. It all didn't, you know, for those of you who are casual fans, it all didn't take place in Angel Grove for over 30 years. Because there was Power Rangers, uh, Wild Force took place in Turtle Cove, Reefside was Ninja Storm. Like, there, they again snuck it in where they could, but didn't make it so obvious. The only one that really had me question was Osaka, hmm. because I think that was just more of a nod to Japan itself as a whole for Super Sentai. Fair points. So, the call is answered, though. Correct. And we do see the Pink Ranger cat 
and former Red Ranger Rocky show up. Correct. So this is a big reunion moment, kind of combining the teams. Like I say, this is something that definitely excited the Power Rangers fan base. Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of people super excited to see who was coming back for this. But the happy reunion, so to speak, is not the big story going on here because Robo Rita has now unleashed her forces worldwide. Correct. So the putties are running rampant. Mm -hmm. Now, in Angel Grove, Min sees this, and this takes it like this is her one shot to go get after Robo Rita. Grabs Trini's power morpher and goes into battle. That's right. So we do see her go to the juice bar. There's a great fight sequence going on, and... Obviously, she's holding her own, but she's not fully trained. Correct. As much as she likes to believe that she is ready for this. Charlie Kirsch is an amazing fighter. She actually has been trained by Mike Chat from Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue. Oh, okay. And if you're even older, and remember, uh, Mike Chat was in WMAC Masters. Oh, okay. And a little wrestling, you know, yeah. for you. Say, coming out of me. How about that? I know. I was in there like, okay, here we go. But with this story going on, we do see that the Power Coins are used. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a nice little throw you know, reference in. And we see Cat and Rocky are now able to morph into Power Rangers. But what is also going on here is Rita's monsters are able to track them. And this was all just a big trap set. Correct. Which is very detailed when you start thinking about it because obviously there's the one story going on and now you're bringing in the other Power Rangers from other, you know, other universes, so to speak. And now this has all just been a setup the entire time. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. Rita, the essence of Rita that was out in the universe, mm -hmm. has had 35, well, not 30 years, 25 years to really think and come up with this plan. Yeah. And you know, no one's touched her, her palace on the moon. So she, everything's there that she needs. Mm -hmm. It just comes right together. Yes. And now it's realized when Rita's monsters, Snizzard and Minotaur, can track down those rangers because mm -hmm. when they morph, it's just like a big signal. Yep. That they can find them. So they wind up having to demorph and almost go into hiding, so to yep. speak, because obviously they're bringing too much attention on themselves. All the while, Min's fight at the juice bar makes some noise, and you see Zack and Rocky show up there. And so another great fight sequence happens, but it's also broken down that Zack is trying to say, Min, you should not be using this. And really is saying, you're doing this for the wrong reasons. The powers weren't designed for this. The powers are supposed to be teenagers with attitude, but not teenagers with revenge. Yes, because every time she was trying to use the morpher, it wasn't working. Mm -mm. And obviously it can't work when you're just driven by that much revenge. So once they finally calm men down, they do make their escape. And we do see the story shifts to a junkyard where Cat, Rocky, and Billy are coming up with a plan to lure out Rita's monsters. Right. And with electromagnets involved, I mean, this is just Power Rangers it, it, It's the best camp that you can get out of this for this. Yes, because the Rangers do what they do best. They lay a trap. They wind up capturing the monsters after they morph to bring them out. Mm -hmm. So they leave them hanging because they're going, okay, you guys are taking care of we're going to focus our attention on Robo Rita. So they wind up going back to the command center. All the while, Min steals the rad bug. Two. And, two I got to remember it's two. <laughs> and grabs Trini's morpher and goes to confront them. So while she's there and ready to extract revenge on the monsters, Robo Rita shows up. Exactly when she can't morph. Again. Exactly. This is the she, second time. She's trying to do it, and, and it's just not working for her because she's so driven by anger mm -hmm. that they won't allow her to access the morphing grid to get powers. So Rita takes full advantage of this and teleports right back to her lair. All the while, though, we see that Billy has been you know trying to figure out what's going on, too. So they're making the big attempt to go there. And Rita is still focused at this point about killing Billy. Like, this has kind of been, like, the underlying factor that's going on. Well, it's not just that. It's that Robo Rita wants to go back in time and change history itself. That's why she needs the Ranger. She needs Ranger energy. That's why we captured the original Mighty Morph, the, the other Mighty Morphins. And then when we get a good view of her time machine, we see Rangers from all across the, the Rangerverse. You know, we've got uh, Merrick the Lunar Wolf. We had, um, you know, 
Beast Morphers Blue uh, on one side. There was Carlos from In Space. I mean, there was a ton of them, but there were still a few spots missing, and I think there was one left. And if Rita captures Min, well, there's that one last spot. Mm-hmm. So while this is going on, we now have taken the battle to Rita's headquarters, correct? Yes, up to the palace. Yes, up to the palace. And Rita is trying to take her last shot, and she fires at Billy. But Min takes the shot because she winds up escaping. She's her mother's daughter. Yep. And she survives, which is shocking to everybody there because when she comes to from this, Mm -hmm. the morpher is glowing. So now Min is ready to become the heir apparent to the Yellow Ranger. She was thinking about someone else and not herself. It, it was a nice way to do the old trope of, oh, I've got the wallet or the badge or the Bible in the, my pocket. Yeah. And here comes the bullet. Uh-huh. So now we see that Rita is ready to unleash everybody on. So now we're finally at the big battle going down. And the best part is Min gets to do the morphing call. Yep. And we get the first full team morph in almost 25 years. Yeah, how in ep- order. How epic was that moment? It was fantastic. It was weird um for me, just a side note because Cat never used the dino powers before. Mm-hmm. That's why we got a call back to the I don't, you know, I don't care how much pink energy there is, which is a call back to the Wild Wild West Rangers. Say that three times fast. I'm not even going to try. Wild West Rangers. There we go. It gets, it gets a little easier. So, Min gets to do the call. We get it all in Order with Mastodon, Pterodactyl, Triceratops, Sabertooth Tiger, and Tyrannosaurus. It was so good. I had goosebumps. I, I kid you not. Not going to lie. I got fired up too. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, here we go. So we do see them finally morphed, and the Rangers are taking the fight to Rita's team. And she makes a play here too because Snizzard has now grown to giant size. Mm-hmm. So she's distracted doing this, watching her monster becomes super huge and billy winds up impaling her yeah well we're gonna talk about the 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 fight sequences later because trust me it's a very different feel yes oh completely top to bottom with this but the big moment happens when billy impales rita so once they see there's a giant snizzard running around they make the call to alpha send in the zords that's right and sure enough we get the Zords coming in. Billy winds up working with Min to take the battle directly to Snizzard. And they're both helming the Megazord. That's right. Yep. How with d- Billy in the front. Yes. You know, you didn't have the typical uh, you know, Red Ranger in the front with the two uh, you know, with blue and black as the first pilot first two co-pilots and the girls in the back Mm -hmm. you know they wanted to make sure that billy had his time to shine which in the whole show they did yeah but you know just for billy to gung-ho and go right in there and just take that seat nobody was stopping him nobody did and he took it there and then min was saying what do i do he's like just follow me he's like i'll come naturally to you which is a reference to the first episode yes i love that easter egg they put in there Mm -hmm. and it made perfect sense so we have this big fight going on. The rest of the Rangers join in. So Rita is still trying to hang on uh, while this is all going on. But the Rangers make the call to get the big old sword. And sure enough, they wind up destroying Snizzard. And that takes care of the machine. Every Ranger that was captured. Because we have to remember when Snizzard took everybody, it was basically like the action figures had everybody shrunk. Almost like a Superman Candor vibe. It was. they, And it was the uh, Hasbro Lightning Collection because I did have to pause and double check to make sure if it was the Hasbro ones. Which you would assume it would be. But I also know that the old Bandai Legacy ones have a little bit more girth to them. So they might show up better on screen. But I can get, confirm these are the Lightning Collection figures. They did their best to make sure to cover up the pins. They did have a few pinless figures. The only pin that you can see is on Dino Thunder White. Yeah. Just because I'm a nitpicky guy. Yeah, but you know, it's it still played all into the roles there. So the Rangers defeat the big monster, which that sets everything off. The captive, you know, the prisoners, Rangers, are now free. Yep, they and- get sent out to Aquatar, so that way we still write around the fact that Kim, Jason, and Tommy are not available. Mm-hmm. 
And who winds up uh, lending their spaceship to uh, help them out? Uh, that would be Aisha and Adam, who are just coming back from the Sirius system from SPD, Doggy Kruger's Galaxy. Uh, we don't know exactly which ship it is. We would assume maybe even the Astro Mega ship from, uh, you know, In Space and Lost Galaxy. And they're wearing the SPA uniforms. Yes. Now, this definitely goes, uh, you know, really makes us think because this is more lore-based stuff, which we'll talk about in, in a few but to have them come back is fantastic. So they had their nice little chit-chat at the end. And uh, Karen, Ashley, and I talk uh, on occasion. We, we shoot messages back and forth. And I had to stop and say, hey, for you to get the one line to confirm the fact that the Sabertooth Tiger powers are in good hands with men really meant a lot. And that is Karen Ashley. That is correct. Okay. We just want to clarify for our listening audience that might mm-hmm. not know. So, yeah, it's a, a great moment right there. And then it all winds up down back at the juice bar mm-hmm. where you see Min, Zach, and Billy reminiscing and celebrating the fact they've won. And then they hit the final note to take everybody home. Yep, we get uh, Amy Jo Johnson uh, singing. You know, a lot of people don't realize Amy Jo Johnson is a very accomplished guitarist and singer. And it was, you know, shown in one of the original season one episodes. And we get that great flashback. Um, Speaking of flashbacks, don't forget that when Min got hit, too, she got a flashback of all of her, quote, mom's memories. It was like watching TV. I wish they would have put that line in, but that's a different thing. But again, we got the flashback and we saw the the Rangers and, and, you know, doing the the magic circle thing all around. And we got those nice slow shots. You know, Walter, as Zach is singing there with him, with Amy Jo, Kimberly. I keep going back and forth on the names because I know them both ways. Yeah. it was just really nice. They they even took a little longer shot on Tommy, if you notice, just an extra yeah. you know second or two. Um, it really just brought back to it brought it back around of that sense of family of teamwork that you know we're Rangers, but we're also you know a family. Yeah, and they end with the final shots of the the Rangers who had passed, mm-hmm. and always with the caption, "Once a Ranger, always a Ranger." And then they go into the uh, back. They go back and they do an opening akin to the original opening, with the you know half screens and seeing the Rangers as they were young uh, to where they look like now. It really like that one that threw me. Yeah, it really threw me because I'm like, oh, they're doing the theme song again. That makes sense. Oh crap, they're doing this. Oh. Because I like when they do these little montages. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a perfect way to, to cap things off, too. Because, like I say, for celebrating 30 years of a fandom, mm-hmm. it, it, you really have to deliver on something for that fan base that has stuck with you through all this time. And I know the fans get added every year. I oh, mean, yeah. somebody finds out about the Power Rangers, they decide to go explore it, whether it's the comics, whether it's the toys, the TV shows, whatever. You wind up adding more people to your fandom. And you want to say, this is the whole reason we do this. I mean, that's why this whole special is so important, that it's paying homage to what started everything. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people that have been connected to this fandom. And it's, it's rolled out into various different forms. It's generational now. Yeah. Like, it, it's crazy to think when this all started out that it was going to blow up to be this big. But yet, here we are, and they're still as big as ever, I would say. I mean, maybe not so much on the you know, the forefront as they were, cause I mean, they, they still are a very big, important fan base, mm-hmm. but not as much as like, you know, we'd say like a star Wars or oh, something. They're, they're not stopping the, 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 the I five in LA. Anymore. Right. But right. Trust me there. If you go down to Pasadena for power Morphicon, you're going to know that there's a power ranger convention. Oh, absolutely. Like that fan base shows up. Like I say, it might not be in the limelight as like the MCU these days Perfect or star example. Wars, but it's still as relevant as ever. And you're seeing the quality of work that's coming out right now. Like I say, I can sit here and scream about Melissa Flores and Simona D. Gianfelice's run on Power Rangers all day. And I'm right with you. Yeah. And let alone the books done by Kyle Higgins and Ryan Parrott. And we start going you know, back down the lineage mm-hmm. you know, of, of all the great writers and artists. And like honestly, we'd be here for a whole other podcast if we decided to go down that route. We could do three more special episodes. Yes. But to see like where it's gone now and just how much this is just a, a fitting love letter to the fans. It, it just is truly remarkable for what they did. And like, I mean, we're going to get into like what we liked and what we didn't like from the show. So, I mean, Tom, the one thing I was going to say, and obviously the Trini flashbacks, mm-hmm. I thought they did that very tastefully. I thought they paid really great homage to her. This is the part where I cried. Yeah. I will full admit on the internet because if it, you know, it's said on the internet, it must happen. Mm-hmm. I cried at that point. 
because that was like you knew it was coming. It's it's Power Rangers. The the writing is evident. Yeah. But it was right. It, you had to like. Yeah. I. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean they they did a, they did just such a, you know a fantastic job of that too, and like I say, especially when Min starts doing the flashbacks, mm-hmm. like that's when it really hit for me. And I was like, oh man, and then right into the ending sequence too. Like when the song hit, I was like, oh man, like you you just it, it it'll connect with you on that level. Like mm-hmm. if you've been following this fandom, and like it doesn't really matter where you jump in per se. Like you're still gonna have a reaction no matter what. But if you've been remembering that original team and that, you know, that's where it's going to be like, boom, right there. I wasn't even expecting that scene with, you know, Kimberly singing and that just added a whole extra layer. Like you said. Yeah, absolutely. I also thought the fighting sequences was very, very solid throughout this, especially when we get to the battle in Rita's base. Exactly. When we're up in, in, you know, Rita's palace, the good, great thing about having this on Netflix as opposed to Fox kids is that they had a more artistic license to fight. I mean, there was a hell of a lot more stabby-stabby than ever. Yeah. You saw the power sword actually work like a power sword. You saw the power blast or the power axe slash power blaster work like that. I would have liked to seen the whole power blaster come together to destroy the machine, but that might have been a little two-point blank range, so I can understand that. You know, sure. It, it really was done well. You even see on... Uh, cats because i was about to say kimberly mm-hmm. on cat's bow they still have the little markings for jew ranger yeah you know if you if you know you know that it you know the toys were pretty much uh rip off of the original bandai ones from you know 92 mm-hmm. so yeah they still had all the markings no matter what yeah no I, th- I thought the the fighting definitely benefited from netflix especially when i'm seeing billy impale rita mm-hmm. even as a robot it's still like Oh, they're not showing this on kids. Rocky goes down with the hard stab right in the Minotaur. Yo. Oh, my God. Even I I, I had to stop. I mean, I think I I wrote in my notes, stabby, 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 boom, boom. Yeah. Like, legitimately, they went all out for this. And I really did respect that, too. Because, you know, obviously fans know at this stage, there's still that that core essence that we've, we've been talking, you know, a lot about with the 90s. But yet when you have that opportunity to show like how they've grown and mm-hmm. they understand like what's going on with Rita and, and what's, you know, the monsters and what it all entails. Yeah, they did let loose a little more than I thought they were going to. Yeah. And, and you know, also, like you said, we've we've advanced since then, not only with some of the CGI and so on and so forth. But if you look at the original Power Rangers, that you know, cockpit in the Megazord is tiny as heck. Mm. So redoing the set so you can get better angles and, you know, show each ranger instead of, you know, who's blocking who was really smart. It was nice. It was bright. It was detailed just enough. You had the power crystals, you know, as your as your joysticks. It was really, really well done. You know, the, the palace was not a one-to-one like it was yeah. back then. That's fine. You know, maybe we were on the, the dark side of the, the palace. Who knows? But they hit all the points. The power chamber was a great callback. Even if you look around on the star charts inside the power chamber, mm. or I'm assuming most people are going to say command center, but by the end of the original Zordon, it was called the power chamber. So I'm just running with it because that's my reference. Um, if you look at the star charts, the comets on there were all of the seven original Mighty Morphin Rangers. Oh, so I did not catch that. So both colors of Tommy's, green and white ranger. Oh, that's that's cool. I did not catch mm-hmm. that at first. There was a viewing globe, nobody used it, but it was there. Yeah, they did it right. No, they did. A, they did so much right with this. I mean, I don't think there was anything they really misfired on per se. Oh, see, this is probably going to be one, my one big gripe: hmm. the Zords. Well, yeah. Well, I figured at that point they really just wanted to focus more on pre-Zords. I think they were running out of budget at that point because from what I've heard, these Zords, uh, the models used for these Zords were the new uh, Zap Lightning Collection figures. Mm. Just the, the 3D models. And honestly, I don't know if they were trying to make it as bad as the original MMPR movie, but the CGI for these is probably my biggest speed bump to get over. I mean, even if you look at the T-Rex Zord, there's a huge black hole on his arm. Mm-hmm. That's the clip for the Mastodon to click in. They didn't even cover that up. Ah, see. That's the nitpicky stuff. Yeah. Like I say, the only thing I would say was the CGI. But I also understand why they didn't go all out with it. Because I think they just want to keep that vibe that they had from the 90s. Albeit, though, I think they could have cleaned some stuff up. I think if they really want to go back for the for the 90s, we have 3D printers. We have God knows how many cosplayers nowadays. 
they could have got a suit made and really done the fight. Yeah, I I agree. Like they they could have done that a little little tighter with that. But like I say, I understood why, and I think that that might be my only drawback of it. But it mm-hmm. didn't take me out of it. Like no. the, like I say, there was very little that took me out right from this as watching it as a whole. And there's just so much going on with this. But it was just so much of a nostalgia feel. Like, it, it really was. It was a payout. It was it was pulling the you know the nostalgia machine and getting the jackpot. Really. Yeah. You know, you're always going to have in any fandom, like you said, that certain level of fan that's going to go, oh, well, I didn't like this, I didn't like that. But on the flip side, you're going to also have that fan, is this going to be my introduction? Yes. And one relatively great thing about the Power Rangers community, 99% of us, 98.3, I'll even give, give them that, are always welcoming and inclusive to anyone new coming into the franchise. You know, we're always, you're always going to have your MMPR purists and you know off off the mic my thought on that yes yeah i i yeah that's we're not behind a patreon wall for this one yeah. so but i agree with you i mean i think that's one thing that shows like this will do is you're going to capture new fans mm-hmm. and you need to show why this is so relevant and why did this get so much buzz and i think a lot of times it's cool to go back in the time machine so to speak but unless you really capture the essence of what this is about you're either going to really hit the mark or you're going to miss it completely. I thought they really hit it for what they had. They hit the mark, and I think what they've done is this is a perfect litmus test to see where they can go with it. Mm. Um, I do believe that I that Hasbro right now with Cosmic Fury coming up and only being 10 episodes, nothing's been announced of what Super Sentai is going to be adapted next. And this is really going to be contentious because there's a lot of seasons that I don't believe right now are going to fit. I remember I mentioned this on the live stream for The Cure a while ago with the, you know, four certain seasons. Well, we've had some since then, and there's, I still don't feel as if they're going to be able to translate. So are we going to possibly do like what Super Sentai does, uh, do these V cinemas, which are 10 years later, where they bring back actors? I think if this does so well, we might get something like that, you know, a uh, another reunion for this team, a reunion for that team, who's ever up, you know, would be a really good, smart idea to keep the franchise going, to keep the fires lit, you know, to keep the grid, you know, morphing to get till we can find something to work with. They are using for Cosmic Fury, the uh, Q Ranger stuff with new American suits. But yeah, it's I could go on and on. Yeah, no, but I, I think you hit it right on the head. I mean, I think looking at what this show can do, it's going to open up a lot of doors. Mm-hmm. And I think it's up to the fans to really make their voices heard about what they feel about the show. Good, bad, and different. I mean, I think as long as it's always respectful, there's always room for it. Mm-hmm. But I think in the 24 hours since it's been released, as we're recording, I think, though, you're getting a lot of positive feedback. Absolutely. That it's been majority fan approved and i think that when you see stuff like this this will inspire to do more mm-hmm. this will inspire to go push for another level this will inspire to say okay we're at 30 maybe we want to think 35 maybe we want to do something in that vein like we might not have one every year but i think this will lay the groundwork down for doing something again exactly you know and it's i feel bad also because in our community we try to really push those five-year anniversaries for a lot of teams so the in space team the jungle fury right now uh, they're not feeling the love because they're getting way overshadowed Mm -hmm. by the mighty morphin team but i I went on back on instagram today and i looked at christopher cayman lee who played andros the red ranger who's you know reprised his role in bloodline and doing his own show bloodline of the grid based on loosely based on his character and he said I can't tell you how grateful I am, even still with the Mighty Morphin 30th anniversary, because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be doing this now. A lot of my you know, friends in the community are so grateful, regardless of what season they were on. If it wasn't for the original show, we wouldn't be where we're at today. Fully agree. Final thoughts to take us out on? This is the first time ever canonically in all of Power Rangers fandom that we have a proper response to May the Power Protect You. We have actually beaten out Star Wars. Star Wars has never said anything in regards to that. You say, May the Force be with you. Now, any good Catholic would say, and also with you. Power Rangers have beat them to it. May the Power Protect You and you. you. That's it. And you. Two words. 30 years, two words. I'm happy. (laughs) 
it definitely delivered on the high note. It's definitely one to check out. If, you, if you've ever been interested in the Power Rangers fandom, this is a blueprint to it. Mm-hmm. They do not hide anything. You don't have any big smoke and mirrors. This is Power Rangers 101 to the letter, from the writing to the acting to the plot to the story to every, all points in between. Sure, could things have been a little tighter here and there? Yeah, but, you know, that's just us being very, very picky fans. Exactly. Like, how did they get the powers back? Dude, shut up. Enjoy the show. It is a kid's show. Yeah. It, they just happen to tune it a little bit for adults. Be happy. Be grateful. Next. Exactly. And that's why everybody should go check out Once and Always on Netflix right now. Currently trending as we record at number three. Number three. Let's make it number one, team. Let's go. Yes. Yeah, send that message. We want to see more like content. The and then hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPHpod. What is your thoughts about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and always? So definitely hit up Tom, hit up me, because Tom's information will be in the liner notes of this podcast. But before we let you go, Tom, thank you as always for coming through on the show. Why don't you let the people know where to find you? Ladies and gentlemen, you can find me anywhere online at Off the Cuff Gaming. I'm always happy to give you guys my opinions, and trust me, they are off the cuff and uncensored. This is very true. So like I say, they're in the liner notes, but Tom puts it out there right there. So you know what you're jumping into when you enter a conversation with him, and you should because it's always a positive one. It's always one that we have a great back and forth with. Tom, like I say, thank you again for coming on the show, and definitely we'll have to be talking about some Power Rangers stuff in the near future. Thank you again, ODPH Nation. Absolutely. And thank you, ODPH Society, for checking us out. My name is Ken M. Thank you, as always, for listening to this special edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. May the power protect you. And you. Taskin' hand, the making of